Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. WCW star Conan hospitalized, WrestleMania finds its sponsor, and I'll give you my argument why professional wrestling needs fans back at events. I'm Jaden Becker, and this is the Daily DDT Podcast. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite platforms for your morning drive, lunch break, or whenever you need your wrestling fix. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. If you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. Yesterday was NXT UK, but before we get into that, let's take a look at our breaking news. WCW star Conan has been hospitalized due to an issue with his kidneys, according to Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer. Conan was hospitalized and acknowledged to have had a kidney transplant back in 2007. Now, more information has come out saying that Conan has test positive for COVID-19. Meltzer also along with his reports, said that the situation is pretty serious, but more information rolling out through Twitter has acknowledged that Conan's health is getting better. Uh, as more information rolls in as this story is developing regarding Conan's health, uh, you will be updated as soon as it is reported by the next day for your morning podcast. Uh, Conan is a former WCW US television tag team champion and his latest match took place just over two weeks ago at MLW Fightland. The Daily DDT family extends our best wishes to Conan and his family. Snickers announced as WrestleMania's sponsor for the sixth straight year it'll be Snickers that continues the long-running partnership with the WWE. WWE writes in a press release, quote, The expanded agreement includes multiple pieces of custom video content featuring superstars showcasing how, quote, out of shortness, quote, unquote, can be resolved with a satisfying Snickers. So we've all seen those commercials where uh, you're not you when you're hungry, and then they eat a Snickers, then they get back into their normal shape. So expect to see some of those with some WWE talent. And regarding tickets for WrestleMania, WWE also wrote in the same press release, quote, WWE is coordinating with local partners and government officials regarding COVID-19 precautions and will announce ticket availability and safety protocols for WrestleMania 37 in the coming weeks. Information on additional WrestleMania week events is forthcoming. Later, I will talk in depth about fans at professional wrestling events, so stay tuned for that, but things going in the right direction for WrestleMania and tickets could be coming out very, very soon along with uh, safety precautions. Looking at yesterday's NXT UK, pretty solid episode. Started off the night with Shaw Samuels versus A-Kid for the Heritage Cup. And this was under a Heritage Cup rule, six rounds, uh, two out of three falls. And if it went over six rounds, it goes into an overtime if they're still tied at one apiece. So in the first round, A-Kid taps out as Shaw Samuels targets the shoulder and then locks in the butcher's hook. And I love these types of matches because you could feel the push and pull of momentum coming in and out of the match. And it's a lot easier to follow for some people given that it's coming at you in rounds. So you recognize in the first round that A-Kid was having a tough time and tapped out and is already down in the match. And it's very visual for a lot of people as well. In the second round... 
the match ends with AK in control with the dive to the outside, but he's still down 1-0 on the scoreboard. A-Kid pins Shaw Samuels in the third da- third round after the super kick. I almost said third down like it's uh, football in the third round. Uh, the score now at one apiece, but Shaw Samuels still can attack that injured shoulder of A-Kid. In the fourth round, Shaw Samuels does exactly that, but A-Kid is saved by the bell at the end of the fourth round as he was hooked in that butcher's hook submission that does attack the shoulder. Didn't get a chance to tap out because of that bell ringing to end the round. Funny enough, Shaw Samuels thought he won the match because of that bell ringing. And in the fifth round, A-Kid makes Samuels tap out with the Uma Plata submission move, uh, the move that won A-Kid the Heritage Cup championship and I, I absolutely love these matches uh, a kid comes out on top in this one and retains the heritage cup uh, nxt uk now developing a unique mid card type of championship they recognize that they're not going to have that nxt cruiserweight championship for a long time given now with the covid restrictions lifting devlin might be coming to america or even santos escobar going over to united kingdom for whatever reason, or whoever the American champion of the NXT Cruiserweight belt is. We're going to see that belt unified and most likely be back on NXT regular television in America. For NXT UK, they do need a mid-card, and I think they're going to be able to find that mid-card championship with the Heritage Cup. And I like it so much because it's different from all the other belts in a way, because one, it's not a belt. It's literally a physical trophy that is carried around. And two, sort of like if you watch Ring of Honor in the Pure Division, it gives you that same type of energy without completely ripping off Ring of Honor by going with pure rules, but they have Heritage Cup rules where it does go by rounds. So this round aspect of it and the two out of three falls aspect of it gives a more pure match and leads to a better wrestling match in whole, in my opinion. I really, I really, really enjoyed these matches because for a championship to be defended in a round-based setting, I think really does wonders for the story that you can tell between the bells. I think does a really, really good job there. Next match, uh, Josh Morrell versus Ben Carter. Ben Carter is the one uh, superstar that they've been hyping up a lot on NXT UK. And if you watch The Bump, uh, Seth Rollins did train Ben Carter, or Seth Rollins was the owner of the school that Ben Carter went to. So they've been making a ton of comparisons to Ben Carter and Seth Rollins throughout the uh, all of Ben Carter's run for the past few weeks since he appeared on NXT UK. And this is another match for Carter. One of those where you give Carter a good win where uh, he he needs it to build himself up in the NXT UK roster. So uh, Carter gets out of a chin lock early in a fun way, reminiscent of Johnny Saint, a U- NXT UK legend given that he's a general manager and a UK professional wrestling legend as a whole. A frog splash and a win for Ben Carter. This was a 10-minute match, but uh, not really a lot to write about in the 10-minute match. One thing I will say about Ben Carter is that I really like his pacing within the match. He always seems to have a sense of urgency, always seems to be ready to go to the next move, but nothing really feels rushed. It doesn't feel like it's sloppy in a way. It feels like we're we are moving at a fast pace, but everything's very crisp with Carter, and he always pushes the initiative throughout the match and always seems like the ring leader. Uh, at least in the past few matches that I've seen. And he also never seems to take a break in the ring. He's always active. He's always on his feet. Uh, You're pretty rare to see him chilling in a rest hold or chilling on the ropes. He's always moving on to the next thing. Uh, One of my favorite segments of uh, yesterday's NXT UK, uh, 
the, the women's championship press conference between uh, uh, Miko Satomura and Kaylee Ray. Miko Satomura made her NXT UK debut last week, and Satomura, uh, women's legend in professional wrestling, has wrestled in WCW and now in NXT UK. So I, you could only name a few people that have wrestled in WCW and are still wrestling today. Off the top of my head, Rey Mysterio, Jericho... Uh, that, that, there has to be a few more, but off the top of my head, those are the big main two. And Nico Satomura, funny enough, uh, to come out of NXT, of Goldberg, I guess, if you want to consider Goldberg one. But that's still wrestling in a full-time uh, type of sense uh, in today's age. It's 2021, so in today's age of professional wrestling, for a company that went under uh, how many years ago? Now, 21 years ago? Uh, it's really a sight to see. So Satomura will... Ended up having a press conference with uh, Kaylee Ray in the middle, uh, the NXT assistant general manager. And Satomura says she will teach Ray how it is to face a real champion. Kaylee Ray has held the belt for who knows how long, but 500 plus days, it feels like. Uh, Satomura acting very con- confident in herself. Not heelish, not heelish. I almost wrote heelish in my notes, but it wasn't really a heel sense. It was more of a confident aspect of Satomura that she's earned throughout her career. Kaylee Ray claims to be a forever champion, and the match is going to be in two weeks for a good build, so they're not giving it to us right away. It's going to be two weeks away, which I'm willing to take, and uh, maybe you can even wait longer. We've even heard rumors of an NXT UK takeover uh, as a trademark was filed for NXT UK TakeOver Prelude. I think that was the, the trademark name that WWE filed. So... I wish we could see it on a bigger stage, but at the same time, I'm not too upset given that we saw a five-star match from Meltzer on a regular takeover between Walter and um, Ila Djokovic. So, uh, very, very good between those two. Big fan of also the press conference segments. It should be used more often in the States. AEW does it well. And they do do it on occasion. Every time they do do it, it is a big deal in my mind to build it as a press conference type match. I did it for the TNT title, I believe. And now uh, going forward in the States, I feel like if WWE even had a hold of that, they would do a good job as well. Start doing some more press conference stuff in America to legitimize the, the event feel, the big match feel that WWE likes to build. Next match, Aaliyah James versus Don, uh, Danny Luna. Excuse me. Uh, neither of these women have gotten a lot of television time recently, uh, though I wouldn't mind uh, seeing them on more often because the talent that they showed in this match, you know, it, it was pretty good. And I also thought that we weren't going to see a women's match in this whole one-hour show uh, because of all the matches that they already planned prior. So this one was a quick match. But I'm at least glad that they did have a women's match on the card. Luna tossing James around the ring with ease, putting over her strength, and James uh, showing off her agility but is caught and slammed with a powerbomb. Luna wins, but both got to show off what they can do best. Luna dominant with her strength, and James dominant with her agility. Simple as that, and I was able to take that away from that match. There's nothing really much to really gather from that other than what these two wrestlers can do, but sometimes that's the best thing for you. You know, I, I learned Leah James is a better uh, agility type of wrestler, and uh, Danny Luna is a better uh, strong style type of person, more of a powerhouse, if you will. So, yeah, we, we gather information as we can when we're watching NXT UK. Joe Coffey versus Rampage Brown. 
very heavy hitting match early on. And you might uh, look at me sideways for saying this, but it's kind of a, a nice sight to see, to see uh, two heavyweights go at it one-on-one. And like, Jaden, WWE does that all the time. That 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 is WWE's uh, namesake, two heavyweights going at it one-on-one. But the physical stature of these two, uh, and especially in NXT UK and regular NXT, you, you don't really see those two heavyweights really go at it so often anymore. It's more you, you have the big guy and the little guy, or even the two little guys now that are both extremely athletic, and you know even the middleweights as well. It's just two extremely athletic guys going at it, but you don't really see the two big powerhouses go at it as often anymore. And the size presence between Joe Coffey and Rampage Brown in the ring was really a sight to see. Uh, the, just the dominant aspect between both of these wrestlers. Coffee is dominant early on until downed by Brown's clothesline. A Glasgow send-off by Coffee, but Brown rolls out the ring. Glasgow send-off is kind of like a shoulder tackle. Uh, Joe Coffee goes for the Glasgow send-off one more time, but dives into the steel steps, injuring his arm. And then moving over to the back end of the match, Brown connects with the Dr. Bomb. Rampage Brown picks up the huge victory over Joe Coffey. Huge moment for Brown. And I don't think this feud is over, at least not yet, since Coffey got injured uh, with his arm. And commentary and Coffey said a couple times throughout the match uh, who will be the last man standing, even though this wasn't a last man standing match. So... We could see that down the line as well if things start to boil over. But the two do shake hands as the show fades to black. So, solid show. Uh, Nothing too crazy from NXT UK that made me do backflips or anything like that. Nothing like uh, we saw two nights ago on regular NXT and AEW. Uh, NXT UK does consistently... I think they had the most consistent show out of all of the... Uh, wrestling shows that I cover on here. Impact sort of goes very volatile up and down, sort of takes more towards the down. Raw, once again, volatile, same thing. SmackDown stays consistent too at a high level, but I think NXT UK, it's a very safe show. There's nothing that's going to be on there that's going to either blow you away or make you want to not watch anymore. The thing that's probably going to make you not want to watch is the UK aspect of it. If you're an American viewer and if you're an United Kingdom viewer, you know, you're going to be all over that stuff and as a new, we're going to get to this after the break. You, I bet you you're dying to go watch some NXT UK after the shows that they've been putting on especially early on and at the end of uh 2020. The shows that they were putting on were really some top-notch stuff. So we're going to, uh, going to head into the break. But after that, we're going to go to look at some On This Day in Pro Wrestling. And I'm going to give you my argument on why pro wrestling needs its fans back. Stay with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. On This Day in Pro Wrestling History, on February 19th, 1968, in New York City, WWF held its first event in the current Madison Square Garden. There were three others, one in 1879, one in 1890 and 1925, but we're talking about the current one here that stands today. In the featured bout, which is the main event, the WWF champion Bruno San Martino defeated Bull Ramos by submission. Now moving on to our next segment, uh, why prone wrestling needs its fans back. We just spoke about Madison Square Garden. And I'm from New York City. I'm from Queens, New York. And I've gone to Madison Square Garden multiple times, not just for WWE events, but for the Rangers games and Knicks games and uh, Disney on Ice or whatever, you know, whatever they do at Madison Square Garden. Even underneath, they have um, some shows in the Madison Square Garden theater area. They had like the Elf 
play or whatever I remember going to. The Grinch was another good one. But uh, obviously in the day and age that we are living in through COVID-19, it hasn't been easy for all of us to go to events that we want to go to, especially professional wrestling events, unless you're going to some independent circuits. I know uh, ICW No Holds Barred held some stuff in July and August of 2020. I know uh, that's just what's near me in New York City. Uh, there's a couple other things that we're able to go and uh, have shows in the independent circuit. But talking from a major scale, WWE and the main shows, uh, AEW has had some fans, but WWE haven't had fans at a grand scale. Very minute if you look at NXT. So uh, let's take a look around American professional wrestling and the landscapes and see where every organization and promotion looks currently. NXT and AEW, they both hold a semblance of fans. NXT, they have around ringside. Some of it is performance center. Some of it's real fans. You know, they have ringside. They're banging on the glass. And honestly, it adds a lot to the show. It added a ton to NXT Vengeance Day, in my opinion. It's been adding a ton ever since they moved to the Capital One Wrestling Center because it's so nice to see. So nice to see fans banging on the glass. So nice to see fans excited for professional wrestling, especially in an era of of COVID professional wrestling, if you will, where we haven't gotten a lot of that. We haven't got a lot of that excitement. Look over at AEW. You can only imagine the pops that we would have heard if it was a full crowd for Sting returning. You can only imagine the pops that we would have heard if Kenny Omega uh, walking out with the AEW championship as the victor against John Moxley. You can only imagine the the solemnness and the emotion of the crowd when Brody Lee passed away. I'm just talking recent history here in COVID times. It, what a moment would have looked like with a full crowd in attendance. What would it have looked like? Uh, it would have looked very different than what we remember it as, even though both of these brands have done a great job in the COVID era, AEW being one of the first to have wrestlers ringside on more of a fan role. And you look at these wrestlers ringside, some of them are legitimate talent. I remember they had MJF standing outside, they had the Inner Circle standing outside, they had a couple of the big tag Young Bucks, you know, just standing and watching as a fan. To me, that adds so much to the show because it feels legitimate in a way that they're actually watching to watch and not being told to watch like how it was for WWE in the early on behind the big plexiglass. Like you're watching... Uh, a hockey wrestling match I sort of felt like early on uh, in the Performance Center when they had the plexiglass up. And now talking about Raw and SmackDown, they had the Thunderdome. And I, I know a lot of people were not a fan, and personally myself was not a big fan of, I like to call it hockey wrestling because it, it pretty much was. You're watching professional wrestling through like hockey glass and plexiglass on the outside of the rings, like like a hockey match would be. Or So with the Thunderdome there, I think it adds something to the show in a sense where you see all these screens, you have an idea that there are fans there, but even though the sound is piped in, you see the facial reactions if you look up during a big moment, and it it, it sort of tricks your mind in a way. If you've ever done the WWE Thunderdome experience, I personally did it for the first ever one, for SmackDown, the first time they ever did it. For me personally... I did enjoy the experience, but I felt like I was too busy looking for myself on TV instead of actually watching the show. So that's sort of the give and take there. Maybe you're different. Maybe you're just there to to be there. And I I find it hilarious sometimes how uh, 
when Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens go fight out in the Thunderdome area and in front of the LED screens, the people that are on the screen, they're not reacting as if they're on TV. They're just watching to watch. If that was me, I would be making funny faces. I would be going crazy. You know, I would be doing everything under the sun to get get the attention. But maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm the weirdo in that situation. I know my, my little brother's a little bit different with the, the Thunderdome stuff. When he did it, he didn't want me to bother him at all. I told He didn't want to be touched. He wanted just to watch to watch. I was too busy looking for myself on TV. Maybe I'm, I'm conceited in that way. A little bit conceited in that way, but... Um, it does bring a semblance, but it's not a forever thing. And I really hope it's not a forever thing. Uh, I do like the idea of it. Maybe for WrestleMania, you have fans from around the world that can't attend the event uh, in that Thunderdome type of setting where you have the faces of people on the screen, but you know they're from overseas, so they couldn't make it over. I think it's a great thing to integrate into when we get to normal times when they're sold out arenas, but it can't be the majority of the time. Uh, we, we need fans back in the seats. Uh, I don't get a lot of energy from Impact Wrestling at all. I think there's one place where no fans really hurts them a lot. And it depends on the setting because we also have no fans at NXT UK, which I just talked about today. There's no fans there either, and both have piped-in crowd noise. But there's something about the NXT UK set that feels very inviting, and they also have uh, the faces of fans on the screen as well. And the set is absolutely beautiful, 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 beautiful for a no-fan uh, type of arena. So you're in that, that BT Sports studio, they have to call it. And they, for it to look the way it does, it looks very, very professional, and just there for be a wrestling ring in the middle of that, I'm sort of willing to accept the fact that there's no fans because I feel like I'm in sort of more of a news setting than I am a, a sporting event, which is okay for NXT UK. And if you look at Impact Wrestling... For me, it, I wouldn't say it looks dingy. It doesn't look dingy. But it, I don't get an, anything from the set at all. It doesn't give me any excitement. And with the fans being there, that would definitely give me something. Maybe putting wrestlers on the outside like how they do for uh, AW and for NXT. Putting fans on the outside, it, real or wrestlers even, uh, that would do something for me. But for it to just be a ring in the middle of nothing... And with an entrance ramp, it doesn't do much for me and hasn't done much for me throughout all of the COVID-19 pandemic. I know companies are trying their best to give us good content and good quality content, but Impact was the only has been the only one that's really been lacking. Uh, Raw and SmackDown are doing an effort, and NXT and AEW are succeeding the most because they actually have humans. They have actually had the fans there grabbing your attention. Throughout the pandemic, I wondered quite often why pro wrestling ratings are down when there's no other sports on you know baseball was off basketball was off football everything everything there was no sports going on but professional wrestling was going on in some way shape or form whether it was in the performance center aw doing tape shows same thing with NXT. so why why are these ratings going down and i i there's a couple things that i notice people have more options for what they want to watch when it comes to entertainment that comes from Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Plus, all the stuff like that. Instead of being forced to watch whatever professional wrestling is being given to you, you can watch whatever you want with a few clicks, and you have whatever your favorite Disney movie is, you have whatever your favorite TV show is, and you know that that's going to make you entertained. You're going to be able to sit down and watch that no matter what. And instead of getting lucky on a, a Monday night, oh, that was a good Raw, oh, that was a bad one. Instead of risking wasting your time, 
uh, you you guarantee yourself a good watch with the palm in your hand. That was different years and years ago when content from a streaming platform wasn't so widely available. And the second reason why I believe the ratings went down is because of the fans. The fans not being there doesn't give the same energy to a show, to a live event, like watching a baseball game does when there's fans in the seats. You sort of feel involved with the fans that are in the seats as well. When you're watching at home and there's no fans there, it, you sort of feel you're on uh, one side of a one-way mirror. You're, you're stuck. You're stuck. You're trying to connect, but there's nothing to connect to because of the cheers and the jeers. They're not there for you to really grab on. And the cheers and the jeers that they're giving you are are artificial. They're not real. They're not real, genuine human experiences. One example I have with this, and I know this is, is I'm blowing it out of proportion with this example, but I think it gives a good visual, is the John Cena CM Punk match uh, Money in the Bank in Chicago. I know I'm talking about one of the biggest matches in modern history for the WWE, but it, I'm, I want to blow it up out of proportion so you guys get a good visual. Without the, that being a Chicago crowd being so invested in the storyline, I don't think this receives as high of a praise as a match it does. Let's say that hap- match happened today, right? That type of idea, that type of match, someone's walking out of the company with the belt today. What does it say when they walk out of the back of of the performance center? They walk out of out of uh, Tampa Bay, right? What does it say when they're not walking through fans, right? It, it's it's sort of lackluster. But when CM Punk is walking through that crowd with his, his Chicago fans, smacking him on the back, say cheering for him, you're cheering with those fans as well. So those moments are made because of the fans. Someone walking out with the belt or upset, or for whatever reason walking through the crowd with no fans there, doesn't do much for me at all. It really, it, it, it takes away, if anything, because there's nothing for me to grab onto as a fan. And now think about it, as I said, in a WrestleMania 36 perspective. We saw a couple pretty solid matches at WrestleMania 36, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. We saw Kevin Owens jump off the top of the WWE sign through a table. We saw Drew McIntyre, Lesnar, uh, Goldberg, uh, Braun Strowman, even though that wasn't a great match, we still saw it. Imagine that with fans. Imagine the reaction there, both good and bad. You were able to hear the cheers and jeers of reaction instead of being forced, whatever WWE wanted you to hear at the time. I don't even believe they had piped in crowd noise. They were just having a WrestleMania with no noise. Think about that. It's the greatest show of the year in a lot of people's hearts because it's WrestleMania. And that's when a lot of casual fans come back to watch professional wrestling because, hey, uh, like my dad would say, oh, I remember watching Jimmy Snooker at WrestleMania. I couldn't say I remember that, but there's a reason why he would come back and watch it. It's because it's WrestleMania. And for it there to be no crowd noise and to be silent really hurt the product for not only the WWE, but for the rest of professional wrestling because uh, WWE being at the top of the pinnacle in the eyes of the casual fan, uh, it, it's going to hurt the rest of professional wrestling as well. Uh, moving more towards uh, a modern look of, of what we're looking towards, towards WrestleMania 37. I talked about it a little bit earlier, uh, what the plans are looking like. We saw the success of the Super Bowl in Raymond James Stadium this year, and that's the same place where WrestleMania is this year. So the, the playbook is there. The structure is there. You have it all there for you. They did it. They, it's not like you're guessing here. They had a Super Bowl, which is arguably bigger than what a WrestleMania would be. It's the Super Bowl. It's the most watched television event every year. So if they're able to hold a Super Bowl, 
with fans in attendance, what was it, 25,000, you're going to be able to hold the WrestleMania with, what, 15? If, if, if you're being very, very safe, you could even do more than 25,000 in my head. Uh, maybe not because you have the big set, but you can spread them out. You can have the cardboard cutouts there. You could put in some, not even cutouts, but some Thunderdome aspect of it where you have fans literally watching. And then now you have all the ringside seating as well because, you know, you, at a football game, you can't watch on the field, can't watch on the 40-yard line, but you can watch ringside for a professional wrestling event. So that adds some more seats as well. So it, WWE has a lot of options for WrestleMania as long as there's fans there, which they need to be there. And they talked about the selling tickets. It's coming soon. You know, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it down there for Tampa Bay. But I'll think about it for when it comes back northeast, which is going to be a couple of years from now, right? But the ne- I'm telling you, the next professional wrestling event that makes their way to the upstate New York area, because that's where I am in college right now, Ithaca College, or makes it to the city, I'm going to be there. I'll let you know that right now. I'm going to be there for you, whether it is a WWE, whether it's AEW. I was supposed to go to, uh, at the start of the pandemic, before everything got shut down, the AEW show where Brody Lee would have debuted. In, in Rochester so I was supposed to be there but everything got shut down so that you know that, that's the story that we've been hearing a thousand times I just wanted to vent about it a little bit seeing what paths can WWE take because AEW has been taking the risk because it's just a matter of time and they have the money to afford the risk right uh, Impact can't afford that risk of having fans there and it's, it really just takes the virus to calm down a bit, which we've seen because of the uh, vaccines and people getting more used to social distancing and masks and all stuff like that and just being more tolerant to it. And it's really just a matter of time and a matter of people staying safe going forward. That's all it is. I'm telling you, as soon, as soon as I get the chance to get my butt in a seat for a wrestling event, I'll be there. I've been craving the chance just, just to go, just to go be with fans. And imagine... That atmosphere when they come back, it's gonna be like WrestleMania. It, it could be, it could be the most random Monday Night Raw or the most random AEW Dynamite ever. It, just in the middle of the week, right? Yeah, in the middle of a of a lapse in pay per view season. It's not like the Go Home Show or anything like that. Just the middle of of August where nothing's really going on, right? Where, where we're past SummerSlam and it's just the middle of nothing, right? Uh, let's say we come back then. And then what? It's, it's, it, we must be like the most outlandish fans ever. We have to act like every move is, is uh, a deathmatch move. and <laughs> Every move is a pile driver. Every move is a Canadian destroyer. I don't care if it's uh, a poke to the eye. We're going to have to act like that because it, I, I tell I'm going to act. Every move is going to be <laughs> a pop for me. I don't care at this point. I know I'm rambling a little bit, but I need to get up my chest because I'm dying to go to a show. And I feel like it's coming soon. I feel like it's coming soon. For next episode, we're going to be talking about Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, the promoted match shall be seen in all the commercials. Owens, Brian, and Cesaro are going to take on Uso, Corbin, and Sami Zayn uh, for momentum heading towards the Elimination Chamber. Nothing crazy. Uh, we're probably going to see Roman Reigns open the show. I wonder what the money line odds are on that, but <laughs> I digress. So that's all the time for me. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite podcast providers. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. If you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Jaden Becker TV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.